0: What's going on, everybody? I'm Mara And I'm Taz. And welcome back to Sisters Who Kill. Uh, here is your one big trigger warning. This case has to do with false allegations of sexual assault and with abuse of minors. Free money is out there. Just go get it by starting your podcast today.
1: I know you love that DJ, so I bought us tickets for next, next, week. next week. Got you a coffee, oatmeal cappuccino, right? right, right. Your bookshelf. Wow. You've got a really, really great taste. Really great taste. Let's spend the day together. I've got it all planned all out. Planned, on down. All planned out. Kindness. Now that's sexy. Try it for yourself with compliments now on Bumble.
2: Our players this week are Janilla Tunstall, our victim, and Jamila's daughter. Ivan Tunstall Collins, victim, and Jamila's son. Damon Tunstall, victim, and Jamila's son. Jamila Tunstall, victim, and Tiffany's best friend. And Tiffany Hall, our murderess. Tiffany Hall was born
0: on March 23rd, 1982 in East St. Louis to her mother, Beverly Cruz. Tiffany lived a somewhat normal life, but when she became a teenager, her behavior was less than ideal. Sources say that she dropped out of school during junior high, middle school, and that she was arrested for the first time when she was 14 years old, and that was in 96. She was arrested on a domestic battery charge because she kicked her mama in the legs And she only got a year probation because of that. The judge was like, okay, listen, I'm going to let you stay home. Try not to get into any trouble. A month later, after she got her probation, she got in trouble for violating curfew. And she skipped out on a drug test. Then when she's at home, girl, she starts a fire at the house. And so then she has to go back in front of the judge. Because I guess Mama Beverly was like, listen, I'm going to call the police on you every single time. She goes and the judge is like, okay, so you're setting fires to the house. You're clearly not acting right. I'm going to send you to Juvie. You're going to have to go. And she sat in the juvenile detention center for two years and she was released in May of 97. So here it is. Tiffany is out and she is 16 years old in 1998. And she finds out that she is pregnant with her first child. She had a daughter. And then the following year in 99, she had another daughter. It's August of 1999. Her youngest child is only two months old. and She runs into the home. She says, Mama, Mama, something is wrong with the baby. Something is wrong with the baby. And the baby is laying out in her arms like a rag doll. Tiffany's mom said the baby was just limp. They call 911. They run to the hospital as quickly as they can. They go to Cardinal Glennon Hospital. They're trying their best to save the baby. Well, when the hospital staff are looking at the baby, they can tell that this baby has been severely abused. And this baby is only two months old. Of course, the police are called. Child protective services are called. And the baby is put into foster care for the time being, right? Because of how badly this healthy baby was beaten at only two months, she now faced long-term disabilities because of those injuries. An inaudible child at the age of seven is still in diapers, but this baby was born happy and healthy just two months prior. Now, because of the seriousness of these injuries, of course, the Child Protective Services had to step in and they were talking to Tiffany and Tiffany was completely uncooperative. She wasn't trying to talk to anybody and I guess she was trying to save herself. They put Tiffany into parenting classes. Criminal charges were not filed against her, FYI, but she was put into parenting classes and her children were returned to her. Her oldest child was returned to her in August of 2001 and the younger baby was returned to her in April 2002. The court said that Tiffany was no longer a risk and that Tiffany was now a fit mother. And it seemed like everything was going to be okay until later that year. Tiffany got caught with some stolen credit cards trying to get a buck in life. Now, clearly Tiffany's life is not on the right track and very unstable, but there was one person that she loved that was a staple in her life and that was her best friend, Jamila.
2: Jamila R. Tunstall was born February 22nd 1983 in East St. Louis, Illinois. Her and her best friend Tiffany met when they were in kindergarten in the late 1980s and have been pretty much inseparable ever since. They became best friends. Their families got along and knew each other, of course. And people described them as quiet loners who gravitated towards each other at school. We don't have specifics about her upbringing, but we do know that she went from foster home to foster home. And this made it hard for her to trust people. And it's not even really clear why she was in the foster home in the first place. Like, we don't have any history or we don't have any known history of familial abuse. And it seems like she had a lot of family around her. Her mom was there. Her dad was there. Her stepmom. Her grandmother. But for whatever reason, things just weren't working out at home. Don Sanford Jr., who is the son of one of Jamila's foster mothers, said that she had a hard life. A friend of Jamila's, Tanika Galloway, said that all Jamila wanted was a stable home life. The two of them met while they were in foster care at the Catholic Children's Home in Alton, and they would often talk about which foster home was worse and how they were being treated like cattle and their feelings didn't count, which is a horrible feeling to have, let alone to have at 13, 14, 15, 16 years old. When they met, Tanika was 16 and Jamila was either 13 or 14. When she was 16 years old, she had her first son, Damon, and this gave her... Finally, that feeling of somebody who she could truly call her own. She finally had her own family. And then, like, who do you think about it? It's her, 16 and pregnant. It's Tiffany, teenage pregnancy. Like, the right they've lived is Rocky, ain't it? It's Rocky. But I also can see from Jamila's side, sixteen and
0: pregnant, but in her mind, she's thinking, Wow, I really did this. I'm making a family. I'm like hopefully she, she, going to have some stability. Like for me, not having a huge family or not having much of any like core family, I'm always like, when I start having kids, it's going to be my family and yeah. my Christmases and holidays. Yeah, and she it's, probably it's she got even time. at sixteen was really looking forward to that.
2: Yeah. Now, Damon Tunstall, he was born May 7th, 1999. And from what everybody says, he's a happy kid. He would call people chicken head when they would say something funny. A little project baby. But ain't nothing wrong with that.
0: But that was the early 2000s saying. So all the kids were out there calling people chicken It's really like
2: all the kids now is, for whatever reason, kids are obsessed with doo-doo. Everything is doo-doo. you be like, hey, what is that? Doo-doo. Your doo-doo head is always doo-doo. And I feel like that was his chicken head.
0: Also, that's the time, like, Ludacris was big, so you was calling everybody a chicken head. And i chicken, chicken head. And you was calling everybody that, because, okay, that was, he was born when we were in first grade. Or kindergarten be A little grade, before his time. Which is probably the reason why it was such a joke to him, because it was <laughs> a song that he heard constantly.
2: Boy, please, whatever. Demond loves superheroes. Superman and Spider-Man were his favorite. He would act up in daycare sometimes and get upset, but the cure was a happy meal every single time. Jamila went on to have two other kids, Ivan Tunstall Collins, who was born on September 28th of 2003. And then a year later, she had Janilla Tunstall, who was born December 4th of 2004. Now, Jamila and her kids lived in one of the roughest housing projects in the area at the time, the John DeShields Homes. It was so bad that Jamila felt like she couldn't even let her kids play outside very often. And when she did, she would sit on a milk crate and watch them. Don Sanford Jr., who is the son of one of Jamila's foster mothers, said that she had a hard life, but she loved her children. She walked around to the bus stop every morning. And he was the oldest, and he was able to understand some of the things that were happening around him. But that didn't mean that he deserved everything that happened to him. So I'm sure it has a bit to do with being a teenage mom and having experienced abuse yourself and not knowing how to discipline without going to those measures. But she would beat him with an extension cord so bad that child services were eventually called and the state got custody of him and his siblings. This really took a toll on Damon, but Jamila took parenting classes and attended community college and worked towards getting her kids back. The family members said that after the state took her baby for the first time, she was committed to making changes. When she regained custody of her children, she used her next refund check to get a car. And from there on out, she was trying to get her life on track. She wanted to pursue her dreams of becoming a photographer. And that was put on halt when she found out she was pregnant again with baby number four. Homegirl is 23 years old on baby number four. God bless you.
0: Tiffany and Janella. like we said, they were best friends. They were always seen with each other. Ever since they were little, they were like, if you see one, the other one is not too far behind. If you ask them, they would tell everybody that they were cousins. They even got pregnant together at 16. They were super tight. And because they had similar upbringings, they both understood each other. They really were tight-knit, and they wanted each other to be family. Like, this is my chosen family at this point, right? Of course, when Jamila has her children, it's no question. Tiffany is going to be the godmother. And when Tiffany had her children, it would be all the kids at Jamila's house one night, all the kids at Tiffany's house one night. That's just how they rolled. It's September of 2006. And like we said, Jamila just got her life back on track. And she finds out that she's pregnant with baby number four. And she goes to her best friend and she's like, Tiffany, girl, guess what? I am 23 with baby number four, girl. It is going to be crazy. And Tiffany's like, bitch, no way. I'm pregnant. Two. After she tells Jamila that she's pregnant, she then goes and tells her boyfriend is in the military, right? So then she tells her boyfriend, hey, baby, guess what? Go ahead and call your sergeant. Get the military benefits, babe, because I'm So Even though Tiffany's boyfriend was in the military, he was off and away with the military very often. He was very active. And so with Tiffany's instability and with the constant babysitting, it seemed like Tiffany may not have been Living, living with Jamila, but she was staying there long periods of time, if you know what I'm saying. And because of this, throughout the pregnancy of both of them, their relationship really started to be on the rocks. The two were just not seeing eye to eye. They weren't sure if it was hormones, they weren't sure what it was. But then Tiffany tells Jamila that she goes to the doctor and finds out that she miscarries the baby. And this is really hard on their relationship because we're supposed to be in this together. We've gone through a pregnancy together before and here we are again and I'm left out. Now Jamila is hanging out with Tanika. Remember Tanika is her friend from when she was in foster care. And eventually they're chit-chatting and they bring up Tiffany's name. And Tanika is like I don't know why you are letting Tiffany stay with you all the time. And Jamila's like you know it's really helpful because she helps out with the kids and it's just you know, I got a lot going on and I'm trying to get my life back on track. I'm young. I can still achieve these goals even with the children. Like the kids don't have to stop the show. She's like, actually, matter of fact, let me use your phone. Let me call my man real quick because the kid's supposed to be over at his house anyways. So she ends up calling Tiffany because Tiffany and her boyfriend were helping out with the kids. And her and Tiffany get into an argument on the phone, not really sure about what, but they were fussing and fighting, going back and forth. And They end up hanging up on each other. And Tanika is like, girl, what is happening? What's going on with you and Tiffany? And she's like, Tiffany is crazy, girl. She has been really working my nerves. We have just not been seeing eye to eye. And then, of course, Tiffany calls back. But this is Tanika's phone. And Jamila's like, girl, thank you for letting me use your phone, but don't even answer. Don't even worry about it because I really don't even want to hear it. And I'm trying to be sensitive because my girl just had a miscarriage last month. I'm trying to be there for her, but she's really just going off the rails. And Tiffany is not happy on the other side of the line. She calls the phone twice while they're together. And then when Tanika went back home and she wasn't even with Jamila anymore, Tiffany calls again, both time, all three times. Of course, you is gonna honor Jamila's wishes and not answer the phone. And psh, that ain't her drama anyways. Now, this is all speculation, this part, the sentence that I'm about to say. But what everybody thinks is that Tiffany is sitting here like, damn, I'm supposed to be pregnant. I done told my mama I'm pregnant, I done told my man I'm pregnant, and I ain't got no baby to show for it. So then she gets an awful idea, a terrible, horrible, awful idea, and she goes to the store, she buys scissors, she buys alcohol, and she buys a bulb syringe. She calls her friend Jamila and says, hey girl, come over and meet me at my mama's house.
1: I know you love that DJ, so I bought us tickets for next week. Next week. Got you a coffee. oatmeal milk cappuccino, right? Right. right. Your bookshelf. Wow. You've got a really, really great taste. Really great taste. Let's spend the day together. I've got it all planned out. Planned out. Kindness. Now that's sexy. Try it for yourself with compliments. Now on Bumble. Instacart helps you get beer and wine delivered in as fast as an hour. So, whether you need to fill the cooler for tailgate season or fill your glass for Pinot by the fire season, you can save time by getting false sips delivered in just a few clicks. Visit instacart.com or download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum order $10. Additional terms apply. Must be 21 or over for alcohol delivery where available. Instacart. Add life to cart. Streaming October 6th on Paramount+. First place I learned about death was a pet cemetery. Dead things buried in that land would we'll come back. There's something else. Something's wrong, with Timmy. He needs time to adjust. That's not Timmy. Something's talking through him. Sometimes dead is better pet cemetery bloodlines rated r streaming only on paramount plus
2: tiffany and jamila are over tiffany's mom house shooting the shit chopping it up or whatever and i don't know if there was an argument or if there was just a shift in tiffany but out of nowhere she grabs a table leg and starts hitting jamila upside the head with over and over again until she passes out from there tiffany continues to grab duct tape and duct tape her arms and legs together in the process of this, Jamila starts to come to again and Tiffany picks up the leg and hits her again and puts duct tape over her mouth. At this point, she then drags Jamila to the bathroom, puts her in the tub, and with the pair of scissors, she cuts her baby out of her. As she's doing this, Jamila is, of course, bleeding out until she bled to death in the tub. Tiffany then wraps her up in the shower curtain and dumps her body into a vacant weedy lot on North 56th Street in East St. Louis, which is very close to where Tiffany lives. Tiffany leaves Jamila and the Scissors in this lot. She takes the baby with her. Now, this baby did not survive the attack and there were no signs of trauma. And that's when Tiffany had the brilliant idea to call 911 and report that she had just given birth to a stillborn baby. She tells him to come pick her up at a local park. And from there, they are taken to a local hospital where Tiffany then proceeds to refuse medical treatment. Now, at first look, the hospital staff can't tell if the baby is stillborn or if this is a homicide, right? They're trying to talk to Tiffany. They're trying to check her out. She's refusing. They're like, what happened to you? She's like, I was raped, but it was consensual. But I was assaulted. But like, I meant to do it. But, like, it's just not sticking. The story is fluctuating. We don't really know what happened to her. But she's saying this is the cause of her going into labor early. And because she went into labor early, her baby was born, stillborn. Now, they looked into the baby, and the baby showed no signs of trauma. And the autopsy failed to determine a cause of death. Three days later, on September 18th, Tiffany goes to Jamila's baby daddy house, Ivan. And she told Ivan that Jamila told her to come grab her kids and her car from him. He lets her into his apartment. She gets the kids together and she goes back to Jamila's apartment. Now, once she gets there, she, I believe some sources say that she gave all the kids some cough syrup and then she proceeds to run a bath for the kids. She calls the kids into the bathroom one by one to bathe them. Come here, Demar. Come here, Ivan. Come on, Janila. And one by one, she drowns them in the same tub that she had just killed their mother in a few days earlier. After drowning them in the tub, she places the two younger kids in the washing machine and puts Damon in the dryer. And she leaves Jamila's apartment.
0: Now, it doesn't really seem like anybody was necessarily looking for Jamila and the kids. If her and her children, you haven't heard from them, more than likely they're all together. After she murders her best friend and her best friend's children. Practically her niece and nephew. right. She then decides that she is going to plan the funeral for her stillborn baby. She decides that she is going to name the baby Taylor Horn. And on Thursday, the 21st night of September, six days after she killed her best friend and her nieces and nephews, the funeral is held. Before the service began, she did call the funeral director and the funeral director's name was Levi King. And it was literally minutes before the service was about to begin. Her boyfriend got a special leave just so that he could make it to the funeral. Minutes before the funeral is about to begin, she calls the funeral director and she's like, hey, is it possible that we could reschedule the funeral? Because I just need some family that's going to be able to attend. And it just seems like the timing is not really going to work out. And the funeral director is like, ma'am, the funeral starts in 30 minutes. No, you cannot reschedule it right now. She said, "Okay, that's fine. I'll be able to make it." Why are the funeral is supposed to start at one time, and she ain't show up till two hours later? How you two hours late to your baby funeral? Two hours late to your baby funeral, and the funeral director, Mr. Levi, is like, "Um, I've never seen this before. I've seen a lot of things in my day, but I definitely haven't seen somebody a call minutes before and ask if they could reschedule, and then b be two hours late to their scheduled time." Report say that there were two people that arrived at the funeral. Now I'm not sure if that means two additional guests to Tiffany and her boyfriend or it was just Tiffany and her boyfriend. I'm going to assume because my heart wants to assume and it's just an assumption that it was the supposed mother and the supposed father and two additional guests. That's gracious. Now,
2: that's gracious. I'm I'm because I her about in It here. is her. You don't think her mama can That might yeah. be the only other person and then I put the two people at her mama and her man.
0: Right. The funeral is over, and Tiffany and her boyfriend, Keith, are chit-chatting. And Tiffany's like, baby, I need to tell you something. It's been such a hard week, and I just really want to talk to you. And he's like, what is it, baby? Of course, they haven't seen each other in a while. So she's like, what's going on, baby? She's like, the baby that we just put down, the baby is not yours. And he said, the baby is not mine. The baby's not mine either? The baby's not yours either? Who the baby we just put in the ground? It was Jamila's baby. I just... I hit her over the head, and I cut the baby out, and the baby was dead. And so I told everybody it was a stillborn. It's Jamila's. Where's Jamila? Jamila is dead. I killed her. Like here I, all of this. Like what the? What did she
2: just bring me? Right into? after,
0: right after your you thought was your baby's funeral, you find out that a the baby not yours, b the baby's not hers, and c she murdered somebody. That's a lot to take to on. To get the baby, right. Oh, my God. And he's in the military. What am I going to tell my superiors? I did all of this so that I could get away. As Keith was like, I'm not here for secrets. I'm not here to tell you secrets. I'm calling the police right now. He called the police and he was like, detectives, lock her up. So the detectives come and talk to her. And she's like, yes, I did. I removed the baby from my cousin's body and, the, and it killed her. I didn't mean to kill her, but she's dead. And they're like, okay, where's Jamila's body? And she's are like, she's in that patch of land in that lot that's by the house they found her on north 56th street this is like close proximity to tiffany's house and there was her body haphazardly wrapped up just covered in very light weeds and so they arrest tiffany and everybody's next thing is well, where are the children they go to jamila's boyfriend and he's like tiffany picked the kids up he was like i didn't think anything twice about it because she always picks the kids up this is a very normal routine for us but still they had no idea
2: where the children were. Police start investigating. Like she said, they talked to Ivan, the baby daddy, and he was like, of course she picked the kids up. That was the last time I seen my kids. It's now September 22nd, and the police go back to Jamila's apartment just trying to find anything that they can find. Signs of the kids. They grab some pictures so they can make missing posters. They go around the neighborhood. They're conducting a search. They go to Frank Holton State Park They are on horseback looking for these kids. They got boats out there looking for these kids. They got planes out there looking for these kids. They can't find them anywhere. So they start talking to Tiffany again. You got to tell us what you did with them. Like, do you know anything about the whereabouts of these kids? We already know you are their mama. Can you tell us anything about what you did with the kids? On September 23rd, while still in police custody, Tiffany tells the police that the kids are actually at Jamila's house in the washer and dryer. So the police go back to Jamila's apartment. And I think at this point, the smell is starting to sit in. They're like, oh, yeah, there's definitely a body in here. And they go and they look in the washer and dryer, as they said, and they find seven-year-old Damon, two-year-old Ivan, and one-year-old Janila. Two of the children were found naked and one still had underwear on. The detectives asked for an autopsy as soon as possible. An autopsy showed that Jamila was beaten with a blunt force object but died from bleeding out due to a large laceration in her abdomen. The autopsy also showed that Jamila's daughter had been removed from her womb while she was still alive. The autopsies of the children's bodies showed that they were all drowned, and authorities stressed that they were not killed in the washer dryer, but instead she bathed them and then drowned them and then placed them in the washer dryer. I just can't imagine, like, opening up a, a washer and dryer and finding three children there.
0: What? Sitting. And I'm sure, a wash. I'm not sure what the inside of a washer and dryer, like, temperature-wise, but I'm sure th- these bodies are not in great condition. Yeah. Of course, Tiffany is already in police custody when the babies are found, and she had already been charged with murder for the death of her best friend, Jamila. After the kids' bodies were recovered, she was charged with an additional three counts of murder. The funeral for Jamila and her three oldest children was set for September 29, 2006, at the Mount Pisgah Missionary Baptist Church. All four of them were buried together. The remaining family they really struggled to pay for the funeral expenses. So actually, the local police officers and firefighters set up a burial fund for the family. In three days, people donated. $35,000 to put Jamila and her children to rest. Now Jamila's youngest child, her fetus that Tiffany gave a name out of the blue, was renamed Harmony. She was exhumed from her original burial site and she was put to rest next to her mother, her brothers, and her sister. Now Tanika, that is Jamila's friend, they were very close. Why after Jamila's demise, I don't know if it was at the funeral or a DNA test, but Tanika found out that her and Jamila were actually real cousins. They didn't know that. Of course, they were raised in foster care. They didn't know their family history. And turns out they were real cousins this whole time. When the funeral happened, there were over seven people that spilled into the parking lot of that church. And everybody just had wonderful things to talk about Jamila and her children their personalities, the way that they loved, and how Jamila just had so much life ahead of her and she was finally getting her life back together and how it was stripped away so tragically. Tiffany was being held throughout this whole time on all of her murder charges and she had a $5 million bond.
2: I don't know why you just don't say without bond.
0: Because I think some states you have to at least give them the option.
2: That ain't an a option. a state's rights there. That is not an option. How you going to be from the projects, living in foster care, teenage mom, even 10% of $5 million is I ain't got it. Nobody I know got it. If we all collectively put everything we had together, we still ain't got it. During the pre-trial business and all of that, the judge ruled that the juvenile records of Jamila and Tiffany would not be released. On January 31st of 2007, the state said that they would be seeking a death penalty. The next day, on February 1st, her public defender stepped down because he was not certified to handle a death penalty case. The judge then introduced her to James Gromick and Jane Stern and said, these are going to be your new attorneys if you're okay with that. She goes into a side room with these two men for about 10 minutes. When she turns, she's like, yeah, they can be my lawyer. Tiffany puts in a plea for not guilty and was ordered to complete a psychiatric examination. Her attorney, James Gromick, said that she had been deemed mentally fit to stand trial, but also said that she had unresolved mental health issues and tested at IQ in the mid-70s. She ended up being diagnosed with psychotic disorder, PTSD, schizophrenia, mood disorder, bipolar disorder, and mild intellectual disability. No motive was ever given for the crime by Tiffany. She never spoke to that. But the prosecution believes that Tiffany either lost her baby through a miscarriage or faked the whole thing from the beginning and always had the intent of stealing Jamila's baby. The prosecution also mentioned that it was interesting because unlike most women who commit this crime, Tiffany already had children. She had a seven-year-old daughter and an eight-year-old daughter at the time of the murder. So it's like, it's not even that you got your boy or whatever, like, you had it. It's still a baby girl that you took. Like, what was the purpose and what was the need? What Tiffany did tell the courts, however, was that she had contemplated taking Jamila's unborn child for quite some time. At first, the state wanted to give Tiffany the death penalty for theft of a fetus and for Jamila. And then after the rest of the kids were discovered, they was like, we want death penalty for the three of them, too. But on June 9th of 2008, they talked to Jamila's family. They found out that they actually did not want her to be sentenced to death. They thought it was better that she suffer in jail the rest of her life. They said her life would never equate to the five lives that she took. Family members stated, quote, I just think she should be in prison for the rest of her life to think about what she did. In the end, God will have the upper hand. Another family member said, we'll always know what happened and the death penalty won't make it any better. Her attorneys from there were able to get a plea deal that would eliminate the possibility of the death penalty. And she pleaded guilty to four counts of first degree murder and one count of intentional homicide of the unborn child.
0: Like we said, she foregoed a trial and on June 10th, 2008, she was sentenced for her four counts of first degree murder and she received four sentences of natural life in prison without the possibility of parole for the death of all of the Tunstall children and, of course, Jamila. She then received an additional 60 years for intentional homicide for baby Harmony. This was a really big deal for Tiffany and Jamila's family. Like this is something that they did not see coming. Like we said, they have been friends since kindergarten. Our families are close. We do everything together. You see these girls together all the time. We love all of the children. It's really, really difficult for these families to really just cope with what happened. Now, some of Jamila's relatives, they were like, all I can do is put it in God's hand and forgive her. Like, I have to just take it off of my consciousness because I can't be sitting at the pearly gates and God be like, remember when you didn't forgive somebody that trespassed against you? And it's hard. It's really hard. Forgive definitely doesn't mean forget and it doesn't mean that another person shouldn't receive consequences for their actions. Jamila's stepmother said, quote, I'm glad we can move forward. I hate the fact that the kids are dead. At least they're all at peace with their mom. And God is going to have to deal with her. And that's really, I always think it's really big of people to say that because like to harbor that hate in your heart and harbor a grudge against somebody like that's it takes it's easy to do. You. It takes energy out say, of you. It but, takes
2: energy out of you and you are still letting them steal from you.
0: Right. And I mean, it's the same thing even when you're forgiving, like it takes energy. But it there is a peace that comes with forgiveness. And mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that. You forget about what the person did. It doesn't mean that it's not painful. It doesn't mean any of that, but you have to do it literally for you, for your peace of mind, for your sanity. Now, of course, Tiffany wasn't going to go down quietly. She said, baby, it's time to file some appeals. In September of 2008, she wanted to withdraw her guilty plea, and she said that she had ineffective counsel. That request was denied. In 2012, she filed a petition saying that she wanted a new attorney, again, saying that she had ineffective assistance, and that petition also dismissed. one of the other reasons that she tried to file an appeal was that her psychiatric evaluation came back days after. She entered her guilty plea on June 8th, and her psych eval came back on June 11th. So at bare minimum, her lawyers should have tried to get her a recess or to reschedule until those evaluations came back so that she had a real fighting chance in the court of law. And that report that came back late said that Tiffany had, quote, a prominent mental health history that began when she was a young child and includes several psychiatric hospitalizations. What happens to you as a minor is obviously still what we know is from what Tiffany's mom told the public. What it's suggesting is that at some point throughout Tiffany's Childhood, her adolescence, she was at the hospital in the psychiatric facility. But here's the thing remember, there was a whole other eval that Tazzy mentioned earlier that said that she was fit to stand trial. And there was nothing from that other psychiatrist that said that she was anything but sane. As a result of this, her denial of post conviction release was reversed and she could file the petition legally. She filed a petition multiple times, all the way from the time that this happened to 2016, each time requesting new attorneys. But all of those requests were denied, and eventually the petition as a whole was dismissed. She goes through the appeal process again, and in 2020, she won and was able to file a petition for relief again. And again, it was denied. And you know, you only have a certain amount of times that you can file in for a petition or you can file for appeals. She's used all those times up and now she can no longer file for appeals. Like we said, she was sentenced to life and I'm not sure why she kept filing for appeals, but I'm sure it was because she either, A, wanted to see if she could get herself into another facility, B, get a a new trial, a new lawyer so that she could have a trial to maybe fight for not having life in prison but girl if you lose you get the death penalty at this point what's a gamble she is currently being held at the logan correctional center where she is serving a life sentence and that is the story of tiffany hall all right y'all that was crazy it's time for i'm not
1: black i'm oj
0: I didn't do it, but if I did, this is how I would have got away with it. You know, I just wouldn't have done it. Right then and there. That is one of the ones. And there are a few things that I can go ahead and say. Like, I didn't do it, but if I did, I would have made sure that the body was fully disposed of. I didn't do it, but if I did, I would have made sure that the children were fully disposed of. Because were you not going to expect those bodies to start smelling in the house? I didn't do it, but if I did, I would have showed up to the funeral on time. You can say all those things, but I think at the end of the day, like, I wouldn't have done it
2: thought would have never crossed my mind.
0: I do think that she had grounds for an appeal. And I think that the court was really just pushing back on her because they, there's clearly like, a regardless pattern. you need
2: to be in there. But
0: right. And I think regardless, she did need to be in there. I don't think that was the question. I think right. that the problem was, should she be in prison or should she be undergoing real treatment at a facility? And the fact that you're I don't know. I just keep I feel like delusional has been the word of the weeks for these past couple of weeks but the fact that you're so delusional that you would take out your best friend even if they were rocky like it sounded like they were having a a best friend rough patch but that happens that's not uncommon for any relationship especially friendships that have gone on for this long they've been friends for 20 years almost you're gonna have rough patches in that relationship but does that mean kill her Is it because just you wanted insurance, you wanted to be able to claim that baby on insurance, so you wanted to make sure that you got your baby daddy who had good military money locked in? Like, what is it? That's what it's feeling like for me. I feel like she was really hoping that she was going to get the baby alive, get the paperwork set up. But when she found out that she killed the baby or the baby wasn't ready, whatever the case may be, at that point, what do you do? You went along with your lie when you could have just like, I don't know, got rid of her body, and let your nieces and nephews live. And you know what? You're the godmother, so you would have been their parent. But I guess you don't get no insurance money
2: with that, huh? It's not like Jamila had a life insurance policy. Like, There's no insurance money with anybody. I do it, but if I did, I would have kept my mouth shut. Like, if you gonna do it, why are you telling You you should have been baby daddy at the funeral? If that was your remorse, it should have kicked in much earlier. Dude. You just should have kept that to your grave. Like That's what I'm saying. She sh- that's what I'm saying. If she was going to do it, she should have committed. Wh- why are you telling him now? You should have right. just kept on going. I ain't do it, but if I did, I would not have left her body so close to my house. Probably wouldn't have left the scissors there with her either.
0: She was very much like, okay, you caught me. <laughs> right. Like I stole the cookie from the cookie jar. What can I say? Parole or no parole? No parole. Absolutely not absolutely not never in a million years like i definitely you can go ahead and go down to the to the hospital but they got to keep you at that hospital but girl like absolutely not a little bit of art therapy may be helpful all right that's the end of our show let's read some reviews and let's go home all righty if you want to leave us a review you can you can do it anywhere literally anywhere like go on your phone right now leave us a review do it okay thanks so much apple spotify email Audible. Stitcher, Amazon, do it. Tell people that you love it. And if you just so happen to not like this show, first of all, you made it this far, so something's keeping you here. And second of all, you can email us and tell us your grievances. And we will reply when we have
2: time. That is not the type of our priority list, but we'll reply. You got one, friend? Yes, I do. This one says, Hey, beautifuls. I've been wanting to send y'all a message for a long time now. I'm a travel nurse, and y'all got me through my 12-hour drives between Vermont and Ohio. And Miss Marah, it's not about listening to your voice because you call us bingers and weirdos, LMAO, in the Shanterica episode. It's the sisters who kill for me. I love, 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 y'all, and I hear the improvements. Great job, ladies. Don't stop the greatness that y'all are giving. A total package. I have told anyone that would listen about this podcast and you two ladies. I've tried listening to other true crime podcasts and absolutely none compare. Thank you for your great informative entertainment.
0: This one says, true crime loving right now. Five stars, my new favorite. All right, I'm late to the party, but I love this podcast. I started at the beginning, and I'm working my way forward. This Mary Hannah Tabs episode had me almost spitting out my coffee. The color purple lines, the Annie Are You Okay? Keep up the great work, ladies. People love that Hannah Mary Tabs episode, and let me tell you, it's been over a year, so I feel like it's worth us telling the story about how I freaked out on that episode. Taz was like, "I think it's great." I said, "This is our worst ever," and it actually turned out to be like one of our best, which is usually how things work with us.
2: Yeah, if Mariah, I'm
0: always like, got a a
2: banger on our hands.
0: (laughs) If I'm like, it's horrible, (laughs) everything
2: sucks. Taz is always like,
0: it's fine, because Tazzy doesn't edit the episodes. I think, like, a couple months ago, I re-listened to the Hannah Mary Tabs episode. And I was like, you know what? Now that it was a year later, I was like, you know what? It's
2: not that bad. Yeah. But I'm telling y'all. Upset. This Somebody is, is, this is crap work. That's what we want to deliver. That's what we want to give them. And they were like, yeah, give me more, bitch. Anyways. 30 of the fucking work. What are y'all doing? I know. I went to the discussion group and I was like, oh, I missed y'all. And then they were getting on some lady because she called herself a Karen, which, I mean, I wouldn't do either but these white people don't know no better. And then it became a whole thing of gatekeeping versus opening up the thing. Listen, all dollars count, but it's fubu every day. Right. Fat, ugly, black, and
0: uncomfortable. If you want to keep up with us, you can. Go ahead and shoot us a tweet and tell us what you thought about the episode at sisters who kill. Go ahead and follow us on Instagram where you can see pictures of this episode and let us know what you think about the episodes in the comments below, sisters who kill pod on TikTok go and find your favorite short story that I tell, Sisters Who Kill podcast. There is a public Facebook page, Sisters Who Kill podcast, and you can like it. You can see everything that you do see on the Instagram. And that's a perfect way for you to share it with your aunties and them that don't be on Instagram. But you know they like a little true crime. Go ahead and send them the page so they can get into it too, okay? And then if you're on Facebook, you might as well join the private Facebook discussion group. Y'all getting a little rowdy in there. I think I might shut it down for like a week. Just to give everybody time to take a deep
2: I just need a um, press a pause and then come back.
0: Yeah, it's a lot of pressure. And then, like, I'm very particular about who's going to be the admins. I feel like, but to me and Keaton, we really be holding it down. And I'm thinking about adding somebody else. And then I i accidentally, sometimes I accidentally delete stuff. I accidentally took a girl out of the discussion group that I didn't mean to take out of the discussion group. And so I've been trying to search the internet to find her and be like, I'm sorry, I don't hate you. I'm just sometimes sleepy and on the phone. So shout out to you. I'm sorry. You that,
2: guys? Try again.
0: Not everybody. I do take people out on purpose. (laughs) There is one person in particular and I am in her like message request on Facebook telling her to get back in. So if that is you, come on back in.
2: If it is not you, stay where you at. Anyways, maybe you didn't answer the questions last time and y'all thought. Or maybe you were
0: rude and nasty to somebody and I took you out.
2: That's a different story.
0: I know. All right. Anyways, let's go. If you want to hang out with us, you can. Do all of those things. You can email us to podcast at gmail.com. Anything else, friend?
1: Talk to us, we talk back. Bye.